You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello and welcome to the Giant Splash. I'm Henry Schulman, the Giants beat reporter for the San Francisco Chronicle. My guest today is Erwin Higueros. Erwin and Tito Fuentes are the Spanish language radio voices of the Giants, broadcasting all 81 home games and 24 West Coast road games, and they've been doing it for 16 years. Erwin is also the team's official translator who helps Spanish-speaking players with interviews, and he talks about his dual role, what he views as a sad scaling back of Spanish broadcasts around sports, his friendship with Johnny Cueto and other players, the eccentric Tito Fuentes, and much more right after this. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Henry Schulman back here with Edwin Higueros, the voice of the Giants for the last 21 years. Wow, you've been here doing radio for like since radio was invented <laughs> well i'm not that old you got me beat with that but uh yeah i've been doing radio for a long time okay and can you remind uh, the listeners of the podcast uh which station you're on and uh, a lot of markets from what i understand yes uh, we're on uh, radio laser uh, in the bay area 93.7 but uh, radio laser also covers uh salinas monterey santa rosa sacramento and um in reno so um you know it's pretty good five different markets so the the gigantes brand gets 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 around and uh you do you do all the home games right and uh, a small percentage of the road games yeah so we do all the home games we do three road game with three road visits um Oakland, LA, and San Diego. Now you're a man of many hats, um, and one of them is you are also, I believe you're also the director of Spanish language uh, media relations, so you're liaison with the Spanish language press, that's correct, right? That is correct. And also, you are a uh, official translator for uh, the the Giants, uh, for Latin American players who speak Spanish, and we can get into that in a minute, because that's actually, that actually was an issue, but just starting with, you know, the broadcast. I mean, you're a uh, your partner is Tito Fuentes. Uh, Giants fans long remember him as a, an infielder back in the uh, back in the day, back in the day when you and I were toddlers. Um, and uh, I've gotten to know Tito over the years, and he's a little. I guess the word I would use is eccentric. What was the word you'd use? No, no, he's eccentric. He's very hyper, and and obviously, you know, working with Tito is is a treat uh, because he brings a lot of um, the insights of baseball things that. As a broadcaster, I would see but not pay attention to. As a former player, he sees, he explains what's going on. 
And, and not to mention, uh, he takes it very hard when when the team is losing. Okay, so you know it's not not necessarily like the uh, U.S. broadcasters who they may take it hard, but they don't show it. Can he kind of wears it on his sleeve during the broadcast? He does. Yeah. He does. He he gets frustrated. Uh, when we're winning, you can tell he's so animated. When we're losing, you can tell his frustration. You can tell that that he feels that the team should be able to do better. Now I love I love Tito, and and when I see him in the food room or up in the hallway or whatnot. I mean, you know, he, he might say stuff that maybe the ordinary person might not just come out and say. Are there ever times with him on the radio where, you you know, he says something and you have to turn to him and goes, can't say that? Uh, I used to. I used to. And his comeback would be, that's who I am. If they don't like it, they come talk to me. So now what I do is when he says stuff, I just don't even pay attention anymore. Okay. So you just do your thing and he just does his. Exactly. That's basically what it is. What is the state of Spanish language play-by-play around the majors right now? Well, uh, I think we're regressing. Um, And by that, I mean that uh, we at the Giants are at a standstill where we are doing away games because that's what the budget allows whereas other teams are doing 162 but they're recreating games from tv back when i started in baseball uh you were uh witness to how the giants did it in the past and it kind of hurts me because you know if you look at the uh, english side you know, you would never tell the English announcers, oh, guess what? You know what? We're not going to trouble you now to to Philly. So just stay in the studio and, and recreate the games. But for some reason, that is expected from us. And and, and, and you're at, Erwin, you're absolutely right. When I was a young reporter, I went to uh, Omar. Was uh, I forget his last name, but he was uh, from Nicaragua. And he, uh, he owned a, a video store in like South San Francisco or something. And in the back room, they created a studio. And um, uh, Julio Gonzalez, I believe, was one of the broadcasters. Tito was the other. And they would watch the ball game on TV. When, the day I was there, they were playing the Phillies in Philadelphia. And I would watch the game on TV. They would watch it on TV. And then, like, if he hits the ball, then, you know, they would make a sound with, like, a piece of wood hitting a piece of piece of metal or something. And then they'd announce it like it was just there. It's kind of weird that that's happening, like, 100 years after they first started doing that in American radio. Well, when I started... And I started with the Oakland A's back in 88. That's how we did the road games. Um, sometimes um, that, the uh, satellite dish was barely in the crawling stages. So when we recreated games from the Yankees from New York, it was fine. But then if the schedule called for us to do games from Cleveland, uh, Kansas City, small market teams, and they didn't have a televised game we had to listen to bill king or lon simmons but we didn't recreate it like omar did we had a loop of uh, crowd noise so obviously sometimes the loop would fall where if the away team hit a home run you would hear the crowd cheer <laughs> if the home team did something great uh, you know the bad luck was you would hear the the crowd boo you know so but that was back then now it's happening and it's and it's sad because you know, we have so many land players. Uh, we have so many his, uh, Spanish-speaking fans that want to hear the game in their own language, and, and they are. But uh, to me, I think they're they're being disservice. Well, and and also, I mean, you're trying to grow the game, 
And uh, it just seems like anything, and we're not talking about the Giants here, your employer. I'm talking about baseball in general. When you're trying to grow the game, it seems like anything you do to kind of limit or reduce the number of people who get to listen or watch on TV is probably counter to the mission of what you're, you know, the marketing of it, right? Well, I mean, true. And what we're talking about is not just limited to baseball. I mean, you see it in football. I mean, hockey is going through the same thing where, you know, teams want to reach the the demographics. Uh, take the Sharks, for example. They want to go back into doing play-by-play, but if the budget doesn't allow or a third-party company takes over the broadcast, they don't have the means to travel the announcer. So what do they do? They make them recreate on television, and, and it's very difficult. Uh, I've done it. I done football, I done baseball, recreate them from TV, and, and it's difficult because you are at the mercy of what the TV is showing you, not what you're seeing. So you're not able to give them a complete picture of what's going on. Yeah, and now you know I think we're getting a better picture. We in the American English speaking press are getting a better picture of the thoughts of Latin players because uh, now it's a requirement. I believe it was in the last collective bargaining agreement that anybody who speaks. Uh, any language besides English as his native language, the team has to have a translator on hand to speak to the media, not just speak to the media, I guess, right? Speak to the coaches and, and things like that. Um, you know, you often see uh, players from Asia, uh, when the coach runs out to the mound, uh, the um, you know, the, the translator runs out with them. I, I don't think that you see that very often with Spanish players. Uh, th- this was an issue, right, because um, uh, Latin players were not, they're, they're kind of being forced to give interviews in, in, in their non-native language, and that was a problem, right? Uh, that That's one of the reasons, and, and the other reason, I think, is that if you let um, a land player speaking his own language, as you are aware of, it's better for them because then you as a reporter, the media, the fans get to actually know the player better. If you ask them to speak in a, in a different language, you know, they don't have the vocabulary to express how they actually feel. And uh, for me, I'm lucky that I don't have to run to the field. That I wouldn't want to do that. I may be nice to run to the field. I would like to see it. Well, you and so many people, but I wouldn't want to do it because yeah. that means I won't be able to broadcast. I mean, can you imagine Bruce Bochy coming out? I'm in the broadcast booth and Bruce Bochy signals for me to come down. I got to tell Tito, I'll be right back. I'm going down on the field because Bochy needs me to translate. Delay of game. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and, you know, this drives me nuts. I mean, I, I absolutely hate it when fans say, why don't you just learn English? Why don't these players just learn English? And it's like you said, can you imagine? I mean, if you're an uh, English-speaking person, not even a player, and you go to Spain and and uh, you could you could probably I, I can go to uh, Spain and I can talk to people. I can get my way around. I can even get to know people a little bit. But if I had a TV camera in my face or a microphone in my face or talking to a reporter and I was expected to talk in Spanish, it would scare me to death. And I imagine that must be what players have gone through here. I mean, the players know how to speak English. I mean, take Johnny, for example. Uh, You guys interviewed him yesterday, and, you know, he understood the questions, and he was able to answer, no, no, I threw 40, you know, in two weeks. You know, the, the small answers. But in Johnny's case, he wants to express himself, and that's why he uses me. Other players don't want to, and even me. I've been here for over 40 years, and I think I'm very good in speaking English, but sometimes I catch myself saying things that, uh, you know what, that's not what I meant. It came out the wrong way. So now can you imagine somebody that 
doesn't live here uh, full time, somebody that is trying to learn the language, you know, if that player tries, and we've seen it, players try to do an interview on their own without the the help of a translator, they'll get themselves into trouble. Yeah, and uh, could you uh, remind my listeners where you're from? Because whenever I, I, I know where you're from, but I always just like say the wrong wrong country, and that's that's on me. Well, at least at least you're in Central America when you say <laughs> the wrong country. I'm from Guatemala. Right, right. And we've talked about your family, and you've had a very you know you've had a very interesting uh, family life, uh, and uh, you know you're you're a grandpa now, right? I, I don't know the people who don't um, know what you look like have any idea how old you are and don't know that you've been around for so long. But you're a grandpa. Yes, I am. I have two grandkids, Allison and Irwin the third. Wonderful. Um, now, you just mentioned Johnny. Uh, I, I love Johnny. He is absolutely hilarious. Uh, I enjoy talking to him. I enjoy watching him pitch. I think that all the Giants fans do. Um, you've actually gotten to know him really as a friend, right? Uh, and would you? Is that a fair word, friend? Yeah. Yeah, I would say, um, li like you said, I've been around the Giants for 21 years. I put in 10 years with the Oakland A's, so that's total 31. And yeah, I've been around land players, players in general. I've been able to talk to them, but I had never been around like Johnny. And I'll give you an example. In 2016, when he went to the All-Star Game, obviously I was supposed to go with him because that's part of being the official interpreter, right? Any official MLB things, I have to go. It doesn't matter, not just for Johnny, but any player in general. So so we go and we're, I'm translating the fact that the Giants are going to send him, his wife, Buster, Belt, and and Bumgarner, I think those were the four that went in 2016 on a private plane to San Diego. And Johnny said, no, just tell them that, you know, I have a big family. I'm going to get my own and I'll go. I just need extra rooms. As so I'm translating, the Giants had already uh, made reservations for me to go on a United flight to San Diego. So as we get out of the office, um, Johnny says to me, oh, you know, you can come with us. I mean, there's plenty of room. You know, I was shocked. You know, never had that ever happened to me where a player had that, um, had been so generous to say, you know, you can come with me. And, and I was so, so shocked that the only thing I could tell him was, I'll tell you after the game. I mean, really, Irwin? I'll tell you after the game. It's like, <laughs> you know, United, private yet. I mean, so, so yeah. So he's, he's a really nice guy, uh, very respectful. Uh, you know, up to this date, he still says thank you after I do my job. It's my job. He, he was doing it at the beginning, and I kind of thought, ah, you know, he'll stop after maybe six months. No, he continues. Every time I do something for him, he says thank you. And you did take the private plane, right? Yes, I did. Um, who have been some of the favorite players? Um, I mean, not lim not even limited to Spanish speakers. Who were some of the favorite players you've enjoyed working with over the years? Well, I mean, I enjoy working with, uh, with Jonathan Sanchez, uh, obviously Andres Torres. I mean, Pablo has been uh, one, Omar Vizquel. Um, you know, there's, there's quite a few. I mean, I know that... Um, now, Jose Canseco is a very controversial figure, but when I met him in Oakland, he was a really nice guy. You know, I was able to talk to him baseball. I, that has been one of my, my things that if I ask a player to do an interview, it's, it's always baseball. I don't really care about their out of the field life. That's, that's not me. I just want to talk baseball. So you're talking about like interviewing them for a pregame show? Yes, yeah. yes. Um, now, now, Pablo, um, 
he he had made very quickly actually he made strides in learning English from when we first got to know him and I believe he actually went some it took some private lessons if, if I recall correctly uh, classes so that he could improve his English uh, but he has matured in so many different ways I mean language aside uh, since we first met him as a rookie which is understandable it's not unusual for somebody who's been in the league now for 11 years but just your observations on his transformation from you know 2008 when he came up here as a rookie to Pablo the person now as a matter of fact um a couple of uh, weeks ago in San Francisco, I approached him and I told him that I wanted to tell him something right now before I forget, because I'm getting old and I forget things, you know? So I told him that I felt very proud to say that I have known him from from his starts, because he's an actual product from the Giants. Uh, you know, I was hired full-time by the Giants in 2007, so I used to see him in the minor league complex, and I seen his evolution from... I'll use this word from an immature young man to a mature married man with with children and I told him that I felt very proud not only what he's doing on the field how he interacts with the young players not just the land players because he's that he's that bridge between the English speaking and the Spanish speaking players but also what he's doing it to the with the community and I just told him I just want to say that I'm, I'm proud to say that I know Pablo and I believe he just opened up a uh, boys and girls club I don't know if you went to the event but he went to he opened up a boys and girls club in San Francisco that I think he sponsored right yes he did he did uh, I wasn't able to go because you know traveling ev the whole year um, every off day that I can get I'll take advantage but um, I missed it you know that brings up a point uh, John Miller can be on assignment. Uh, Mike Kruko and Dwayne Kuyper can be on assignment. Dave Fleming can be on assignment. You can never be on assignment. But when Johnny comes back, and he, I'm sure he'll probably do a rehab start, whether in San Jose or Sacramento, that will be my assignment. I will take advantage of that. I'll go with him, even if I don't have to. Right, but because of your because of your job, uh, because of your, uh, not, not the broadcast job, but because of your job as the official uh, translator for uh, players, uh, Spanish-speaking players, you have to be at all 162 games, right? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I don't know how you do it. Uh, me neither, yeah. but I just do it. Okay. Well, you do get to fly on the charter, I believe, and eat all the shrimp and drink all the champagne and all that? No, I call it grape juice. Grape juice. I'm sorry. Yeah. You get to be on the charter, you get to eat all the shrimp, you get to drink all the grape juice exactly. and whatnot. That's what I call okay. it. Um, is this still fun for you after all these years? It is. It is because... You know, uh, it's it's. I'm still learning the game. You know, it's. I'm around the players. I hear conversations about what's going on on the field. Um, you know, I see them talking strategy, and and that only helps me in my broadcast, and, and it helps me in understanding the game more. So yeah, I enjoy it. And you know. Uh one of the, I mean, you, you talk to a lot of the, the players, uh, Latin, English speaking and otherwise, um, don't want to pigeonhole you as, you know, as just a, a, a Spanish speaking guy uh, because you're part of the team. Um, and I would imagine, though, when you talk to some of the players who are from Venezuela or have over the last couple of years, they've probably maybe said things to you more than they've said things to us. Uh, about what's going on in Venezuela right now. Uh, I mean, have you talked to the players about how hard it is in their country now? Yes, yes, and they're they're sad. They're torn to see their country going through what what is going through. I mean, 
me, I've been away from Guatemala for, what, over 40 years. And when I hear things going on over there, it still pains me because, you know, we're privileged to be here in the United States, aside from what's going on right now. Uh, you know, there's still a great country, and we enjoy certain freedom to do certain things, whereas in Venezuela or Latin America, you don't enjoy the freedom. I mean, if you say something against the government and the government then deems you that you're against them, that's it, you're done. And uh, I'm going to ask you a political question. It, you know, it, it's no secret that the current administration in Washington is very hostile to refugees, and a lot of those refugees are coming from these Central American countries where uh, they don't have safety and they don't have a life. And just as a human being, has that has that bothered you? No hablo inglés. <laughs> that is a great answer. And with that, I will thank you, Edwin Higueros, for a fantastic uh, Giant Splash podcast. And I appreciate you taking the time. No, no, thank you. Giants Double Play is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is editor-in-chief. If you like this show, please subscribe, tell a friend, or give us a review. You can support Giants Double Play and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to The Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. You can find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe. If you want to find me on Twitter, I am at Hank Shulman, or you can email me at hshulman at sfchronicle.com. Giants Double Play.